Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, and I just wanted to start off by saying thank you. As you guys know, I've said this in so many videos this week that we are currently in the the middle of a move. We are packing up our house. It's just been wild. So the lives have been limited. I have my mother-in-law in the next room. She's still packing and also Jason. So it's just been nonstop. As you guys know, we're gearing up for BravoCon, and that's going to be so much fun. We have all of the behind behind the scenes content coming your way, and we have a lot more coming your way. I just have to keep mum on it until it's ready, okay? That's all I'm going to give you. But as of today, we're back to talk about The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because this episode was by far my favorite episode. I don't know if I like Monica, if I hate her, if I love her, if I love to hate her. I don't know what I feel, but... I'm going to get Ricky's opinion. So before we bring him up, you guys know what to do. Go ahead, smash that like button, show some love. If you're not subscribed, just get subscribed and drop a rating, 1 to 10, 10 being the highest of what you thought last night's episode was. Again, before we bring Ricky up, it was put out there by The Rap, who I'm going to do something special with for, for BravoCon. They shared that Salt Lake City Housewives they're about to break their own records and records for a lot of housewives when it comes to ratings, bringing in about 1.9 million viewers. That's huge. That's huge for a franchise, especially today. Maybe not back in the day, but today it is. Here we go. Hello. Hi, babe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I completely uh, agree with you. The fact that Salt Lake City, I mean, guys, Salt Lake City is having their highest rated season ever. They sent a woman to prison. <laughs> I mean, a woman got arrested two seasons ago on the show, and they're bringing in more viewers today than they did two seasons ago. I mean, props to the ladies. They are really delivering this season. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, before we get into all of this, I, I have to ask you the same thing that I asked the live chat because I see Maxine with the 9, 13 Geek with the 7, and 8, TT Doll with the 7.007. Very specific. <laughs> Love it. What are your thoughts? I would give it an eight. I really liked this episode, but for me, I don't think it really picked up until the way ends. And I was not expecting it to get as crazy as it did toward the end. Um, But yeah, I would give it like probably an eight or a nine, but I'm leaning more toward eight at at the moment. Yeah, I think I would have given it a nine. I mean, there are a few moments that I didn't necessarily need to see and I felt like they were acting and I know that she watches and I know I'm going to run into her at BravoCon and I always eat my words. Can I tell you, I think I told you last year or this year since we started doing this, but that last year at BravoCon, it's like you come on here and you talk about the shows, right? And you have opinions and then you go to see the people who are in the shows. And the minute that you walk up and you're like, hi, how are you? They're like, you, <laughs> you. You asshole. Like, what are you thinking? And last time I saw from you, you said on your stupid live show, this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't remember that. Ah, I know. (laughs) But it's understandable. I mean, listen, they are human beings at the end of the day. Everybody has feelings. Everyone has emotions. Um, You got to take the good with the bad. Like, you know, you're a popular YouTube channel. You love covering the housewives. And, you know, being a reality star, you got to take the good with the bad as well. But I personally feel like, 
especially for us too, I feel like we're very fair when we are like talking about the women and critiquing them. We never go for the gutter. Like we never like attack them. Like that's not our vibe. We more so are just like, we don't really understand why they would do that or that's not something we would do. And we're not really sure what's going on there. But I don't think like it's ever that bad. So hopefully you don't have any bad, you know, altercations at BravoCon this year. I'm going in like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like, you're going to get into a fist fight with a housewife? No, <laughs> no. I'm just going in to defend myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They're swinging at you. <laughs> um, okay, so there are a couple like hot takes for me so far. I'm, and I want to just pick your brain on this before we like dissect the entire episode. I'm actually starting to like Angie K. Oh yeah, like yeah. I'm really. I didn't like her last season. I felt like she was boring. She didn't add a whole lot. I thought that, but then you know, it's like I'm the one who's always preaching people you we need to allow these women to get their footing and sometimes the first season is like their learning season and then the second season we really get to know them and for this season i'm watching her when lisa barlow's talking to her and she's digesting i'm watching her having no problem walking up to the other women and having the confrontation or even the resolution i'm like you're killing it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I think this is a classic example of her just getting more comfortable being in front of the cameras, like having everything, you know, getting used to just all the antics of being a housewife. Right. And I think this season, especially, I feel like last season, like you said, was kind of a trial run. She was only a friend. You know, she was really like with Jen the whole time. Like she really wasn't getting a fair shot with the rest of the ladies. This yeah. season is obviously very different because she was promoted to full time. Jen Shaw's not around. And right from the jump, they're talking about her husband. She's having parties. She's getting into it. So she definitely understood the assignment this time around. And I think by not having Jen, it's really given her more time to shine. I agree with that. All right. So as we start off the episode, because there was a lot to go through, um, we know that Angie is throwing this Easter party, right? And I thought that that was very special. And I also thought that that was great because one of the things that we love about watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is that they all showcase something different from the other franchises, which is they all have their own religions. Not, I mean, they're not completely different. Like we have Meredith, who is Jewish. We have... Uh, Monica, who's excommunicated from the church. We have Heather, who's being a bad Mormon. Lisa Barlow, who's swearing that she could wear a tube top to a church, and she's still a good Mormon. We have Whitney Rose, who took herself out of it. And then we have Angie Kay, who's Greek. It's like, I enjoy this. And I enjoy that she's adding that element of religion to it, because I think that's what shines in this. It's like the Real Housewives of New York. The city really shines. For Salt Lake City, the city shines, yes. And it's like a staple, but the religion also really helps because it's a different aspect that we don't really get on the other franchises. Absolutely. I think it's really cool. I mean, especially because I think when Salt Lake City was announced, I think all of us just thought, oh my gosh, it's just going to be a bunch of Mormons. Like what's going on? Like the stereotypical vision of Utah, I think all hit our heads. But right when they announced the cast, it was since season one, it's been very diverse. They've cast very different women with different backgrounds and different stories. And I agree with you. That makes really riveting television. And I also really love it when they do get to show their culture. And above that, I love it when the other women are respectful of that culture. That's the biggest thing. I love when a woman you know when they go to these different events or these different things and they're just like observing and they're being respectful i think that's amazing because i think it could teach a lot of other people out there to be more respectful of other religions and cultures as well just because it's not yours doesn't mean it's wrong you know and you can still enjoy it and have some fun and get to know somebody that way so i love when they showcase this type of stuff do you think that monica was respectful of her religion uh easter yes. Well, here's the thing. Angie was the one who did approach her with the conversation. Okay. I love a good devil's advocate. Listen, listen. Angie started that conversation. You know, I don't really think, I think overall it was definitely a crazy scene, but Angie was the one who did approach her with it. Plus Lisa and Heather are having their conversation off to the side as well. So yes, this was a cultural event, but it's also a housewives event as well. <laughs> That's fair. And you know, when Angie sent this, scary ass easter bunny <laughs> to everybody with like the little letters and it's like hi and mary was like kids what in the satanic shit is this right and then all of a sudden you producers are so shady if you put that that thing in the back of my car uh, and i got in the car and i turned around i would i would have had a heart attack i would have died. I like, what mm -mm. so do you have to have a car in vegas yes Definitely. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So you have a car, Ricky. Good I do. Know. I do. And if a bunny was in the, my back seat, I would be very alarmed as well. I get scared very easily. So I would have freaked out. I would have yeah. freaked out. Yeah, it would not have been cute. <laughs> Were you surprised that Meredith wasn't invited to this, even though she had to go to the GLAAD Awards and she was doing her own thing, which I think is incredible. And it just made her look very glamorous when they did like the pan over to what she was doing. Right. Would you, how do you feel about Meredith being excluded after Angie just had a whole meltdown about herself being excluded when in fact, now we learn in this episode that it was never Meredith who was the one who spread the rumors about her husband allegedly doing the things that he was accused of to begin with. Right. I honestly think it wasn't that big of a deal that Meredith wasn't at this event, mainly because she literally couldn't be there. I mean, at least that's the way that they're painting it, that she had to go to the GLAAD Awards instead. So I would imagine, you know, we know a little bit more of the 411 on how these housewives do things. I mean, they plan these this stuff so far in advance. Like, these trips are planned in advance. These events are planned in advance. So... I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it came time for Angie to come up with an event. It just so happened to land on the weekend. Meredith was going to the GLAAD Awards or whatever. Um, so I wasn't really surprised um, that I, I didn't I, w- I didn't mind it is basically what I'm trying to say. I didn't mind that Meredith wasn't there. We still have a whole season left to go, a whole half of the season left to go. So we're, we're still going to get plenty of Meredith time, you know, as the episodes come along. I agree with that. And also, I think that I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. I do. I feel like she should have now knowing. I mean, I'm wondering. We'll get to it. We'll get to it when we get to that conversation. Hold on. I have to take it back in real quick. Let's do it. One thing that I don't love is when I see housewives acting or when I feel like they're acting. And maybe I was looking too much into it. But again, working for Lisa and seeing a lot with the Beverly Hills women and seeing a lot with the Vanderpump Rules cast, I could tell it was like, a bird's eye view. Like I'm a fucking falcon going Mm -hmm. over the forest and I see a rat. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not calling Whitney a rat. (laughs) Whitney, I love. But Mm -hmm. in this moment, when she's talking to her husband, Justin, I was just like, I don't know if I believe you. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is coming off like, he knows that you have a job to do. He's totally okay with being the doormat and having tougher conversations and if it's at his expense as long as it's not something that can get him fired because like things like if he's saying like well i want sex you know like then he's not worried about getting fired for this and i'm sure he had those conversations before he was even hired my wife is a housewife right but the conversation felt like we were acting what did you think i know for me personally when i saw the trailer and they showed a clip of this scene. I actually kind of thought that a little bit as well. I kind of thought, oh, I feel like she's kind of searching for a storyline there. Like, I don't see what what's the real issue there. Um, but I will say, when actually watching it, um, I feel like what they're touching on is very real. You know, I mean, it's kind of ironic that she's having a hard time now being a housewife, <laughs> you know, hence the title of the show. But obviously, she's much more than a housewife. She has her own business. She works. She does a lot of events. And now that Justin, her husband, her husband isn't around as much anymore because now he, he has a job. I can understand how the dynamics would definitely shift and that it would definitely be hard to try and pick up the pieces now that he was, you know, unemployed for a year. And now he has this new job. Like, how are we going to address it? So I think the idea of it is definitely very relatable and very real in a lot of ways. But yeah, do I do I know? Is it really as bad as maybe they're making it seem to be? Like, I don't know. That's really that really comes down to them. But I certainly hope it's not as bad as they were making it sound. Because I feel like, you know, it's not like this is new to them. I mean, Justin worked for however long, you know, Whitney was a housewife for a couple of years before he lost his job, you know. So it's like, hopefully they can just get back to whatever they had before he was let go from his previous job and they can just figure it out. See, and I don't believe, and if it is true, like, let me just say, like, if I have this ring, right? And if I said to Jason, I'm going to put this in my nightstand and I'm going to travel around like this, okay? And I've been married and we have kids, a home, a dog that pisses on our couch, Mm-hmm. bacon burning in the kitchen right and you're going to this new job and you're taking off your ring you wouldn't be sitting there like half-assed smirking in my face mm-hmm. like you would catch me a charge like it would be crazy there's no way i would be it would just be like put your ring on 
Or if that's what you don't want, you want to take it off, then let's just make that decision. Let's take it off. Because by you taking it off, it just seems like you're showing everybody else that there's issues out there. And I'm a public figure. You're now a public figure. And now you're creating more controversy, speculation, when that's something that we should be dealing with inside of the home. And then his reaction in that when he's like, yeah, I'm like, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I actually noticed that as well. I did notice that he was doing a lot of like smiling. Um, to be fair, I feel like he does that a lot. I feel like he's always kind of in a smiley mood, like whenever we see him on camera. And I don't know if it's like, that's just how he is all the time. Maybe it's just him like not being fully comfortable having these conversations in front of the camera. I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. Like, I know for me, I would be very uncomfortable having a lot of the conversations that these housewives have with a camera. Not only a camera, a producer, a boom mic guy. I mean, like, you have all these people watching you. Like, imagine just in your personal life, if you had a bunch of people just watching you as you were having a conversation, then add that there, there's a camera, there's a microphone. I mean, it's a lot. So I feel like that's one of the reasons we see a lot of these conversations almost look forced or looked like awkward because they, they are awkward. You know, they are uncomfortable to have. So part of me was kind of picking up on that too. I was like, maybe this is like a little forced. But I was also thinking, well, maybe they're just uncomfortable having this conversation or maybe it's just a combination of it all. Maybe like they know they have to come up with something for the show. It's an uncomfortable conversation to have, period. And we're just seeing it all play out on on camera, you know? Yeah. No, okay. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt on this one. But then my next question for you is, is when Lisa Barlow and Angie Kay went to go make candles, we see where Lisa Barlow was telling Angie, you know, I don't necessarily think that Meredith should be the only one who's in trouble here because Monica literally was the one who threw the stone, put her hands behind her back. And she was like, I heard that your husband was having, you know, affairs with multiple men out here in these Salt Lake City streets. And she's like, that is not your friend, Angie. And you see Angie who's sitting back like, oh my God, have I been targeting the wrong one the whole time? Mm -hmm. What's going on? What were your thoughts in that moment? Well, what's funny is I thought, you know, speaking of forced conversations, I thought you were going to bring up the girl who walked up to Lisa and said, I know your son's like going away on a mission. And Lisa was like, did you know before me? And she's like, yeah. Like, I thought you were going to try and say like, that was a forced conversation, (laughs) Um, which I probably would have maybe agreed with you on. I was like, what are the odds? But part of me also does think Salt Lake City is a small town at the end of the day. I wouldn't be surprised that they're going to a place that one of Jack's friends works at and they're saying hello to the mother. I I would fully believe that was a real conversation as well. Um, But yeah, regarding the whole Angie and Lisa conversation. Yeah. I mean, listen, these women know how to keep a show interesting and they know how to keep the dynamics changing. Right. So you kind of need this conversation to happen to make things more interesting. And here's the thing, even though, yes, I think it's kind of obvious, like, okay, how do we keep this going? How do we bring in the other ladies to make this more interesting? It's not that far-fetched of a thing for Lisa to bring up. I mean, Lisa's pretty triggered over the way Meredith treated her last season. Now she's seeing her do similar behavior with Angie. And she's calling out the fact that Monica brought it up. This is a moment where I really wish these shows would break the fourth wall. I really wish Lisa would say, isn't it crazy or doesn't it frustrate you that Monica brought up these rumors to you on camera? Because that's really what it comes down to. If Monica had come to Angie and said, hey, girl, just so you know, like people are saying these rumors and these are the rumors that in my opinion is a really good friend. That is a friend that's looking out for you. But when there's a camera right there and now, you know, by Monica saying this, it's not going to go on the show and the general public gets to know about this rumor. Now it changes the dynamic. Right. So I really wish they could just be honest about that. I wish the producers would let us see that more by Lisa just saying Monica's the one who really brought it to the show because Meredith was just hinting at things. Now Monica has said it and now everybody's going to be talking about it. What do you think about that? That's really where things would get more interesting for me, at least, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I I mean, we just saw this on The Real Housewives of New York. So I think that sometimes it's a lot more fun to break the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not sometimes. I feel like it's a lot more fun just in general to break the fourth wall. But it is true. It's like if you were a really good friend, you're not going to come up to me and say, by the way, I heard that your husband's a cheater. And then it's like camera A, camera B, camera C. Right. And it's just like, but I'm telling you this in confidence (laughs) as a really good friend. (laughs) It's like, 
no, you asshole, you're not. You're telling me this in confidence as a really shitty friend in front of millions of viewers, actually 1.9 million to be exact. So no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Monica, mm-hmm. you are on notice, <laughs> but I'm not done yet. I yes. have to go over to the next person. We'll talk about it more, I'm sure, later with their little argument, because even though I can see why that's a frustrating thing, I don't think that's like, I don't think we should blame Monica entirely for all of it. You know what I mean? I can see why that would be a frustrating thing, but I don't think Monica deserves all the blame, which I'm sure we'll go into later. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into um, the Mary Cosby of it all, please, because I have questions about this woman as well. I'm not quite understanding how the hell do you have your son live under the same freaking roof for the amount of time that he has and one year of being married and you didn't know he was married? Adam, (laughs) you cannot make this up. You cannot make this up. I mean, ever since she came onto the show, her first season, we all have had questions about her life, right? We all have not understood how she married her step-grandfather. We don't understand how she's taken over this church. We don't understand all these things. And this is just another example (laughs) of Mary's life that we just don't understand. I think I said it last week with you. I was like, we just need a deep dive. We need an investigative journalist to get, you know, the full tea on Mary Cosby. Because I tried. I know you did try. You did talk to her mom and everything, which props to you, the investigative journalist we need. <laughs> I mean, I what else do you I don't know. She's not gonna talk to you. I know, the no, church, I know. Like, the church is not going to talk. I mean, I think I told you this when I went on that stupid little bird scooter and it was fucking cold as hell. And yeah. I'm like pulling up to the church and I'm like, I'm taking photos in front of the church. And I have those photos. And I'm like, please. <laughs> And this woman said, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, I'm just taking photos. I've seen the church on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And then we ended the conversation with her saying that she hopes one day Mary will rise again. And I was like, get me the fuck out of here. We need to talk to those people. I don't know something because this is just another example of Mary. How do you, what are you talking about? You didn't know your son was Mary for a year? It's so awkward, the conversation. And you could tell, like, her son seems very, um, what is it when you're, and he's an introvert. Very much so. And uncomfortable in front of the cameras. It's obvious. Yeah, he's very uncomfortable in front. Like, at least when Brooks is in front of the cameras, he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you still get something. But for yeah. him, he's like... I don't know. I guess it's cool that I'm married and I guess I'm married. And, and she's like, what do you mean you guess you're married? And he's like, I went to the courthouse or something. It's just like, oh, you know, and she's like, my baby. And I'm like, Mary Cosby, you didn't shed one tear in that cry scene. Okay. And you saying that you are on one side of the wing, one wing of the house, and he's on the other wing of the house with his girlfriend and that He's now all of a sudden married. First of all, your married ass would get out of my house and you would go provide for your wife now because that is life, okay? Yeah. Get yeah. Out. It genuinely doesn't make sense. Or what about her trying to say like, um, <laughs> I'm hearing rumors that you're married. What do you mean you're hearing rumors? You live with him. What what rumors are you talking about? Who's telling you that he's married and you don't know? <laughs> like, How did- And on top of that, don't you think she would have had this conversation with him off camera i mean hello that's her son if she's literally housing him and his wife so do you think she would have had this conversation with him before the cameras were rolling i would like to think any more any mother would want to do that right um so there's just so many questions about this like it genuinely doesn't make sense <laughs> there's just no there's no way to explain it it, it doesn't, doesn't make, make sense, sense. TT doll, thank you for the super chats. Um, I hope Lisa Barlow's son doesn't start to hate Brooks Marks because of the faith. Um, yeah, I mean, oh. we're gonna get into that in two seconds. Um, but while we're on Mary Cosby for just a second, when she was telling Meredith, I love that Meredith was just like, Oh, you know, but for Mary, I'm like, you must really just live. There's like there is a Mary Cosby bubble. And it has to be amazing to live in this bubble of just like, I don't know what's going on in the rest of the world outside of this bubble. Mm. What the f- is happening? No, exactly. 
Like it, it, it's 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 mind boggling. It's it's uncomprehensible. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And what's wild is it would be one thing, you know, it'd be one thing if this was like the first story that Mary told us and we didn't get it. There's been so many that we just don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it just, so I get why it's an, she's like an enigma. Like, we just don't understand it. But After Middleton Cash. Okay, okay, Erica Jane. But it's very much like she's very, it's like fascinating. But I feel like for some people it's concerning. It's like, Mary, what do you you didn't know like i'm sure there's some people out there who are just like what is really going on in that brain what is really going on in that house like there's just so many unanswered questions what did you think about <laughs> i know what did you think about heather gay's conversation with her daughter when they were talking about first of all her daughter's living her best life i love it. and she's pretty too can i just yeah. say she's, she's in santa barbara she's fully blonde she has her little like double sunroof moonroof whatever she has in her car she's in her string bikinis She's like living her best California life. And she's like, why is he doing this? Mm. And I was shocked that when Heather was saying like, it's nothing against Jack Barlow. I just never found him to be like this devout Mormon or like this very religious person. And now all of a sudden he is. And they keep on alluding to the fact that this is probably something that came about because his friends were doing it as opposed right. to something that he really wanted to do. And that's only something that he can answer, but maybe one day, listen, we all make mistakes and we all do things that, you know, we don't always regret. I'm not calling this a mistake, but this might be something that maybe he got into for the wrong reasons, but it shapes the rest of his life and he absolutely loves it. Or it could be something that he got into for the wrong reasons. And as he goes through life, he's like, Heather Gay, writing a book on being a bad Mormon. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I honestly think? I feel like that conversation between Heather and her daughter was very revealing of the Salt Lake City culture. I actually found it very relatable because I know for me going to a very small Lutheran private school in the suburbs of Las Vegas, all these mothers and kids would do would be talking about what the other kids are doing. Like it was a very like insecure thing. Like, you know, we just care so much about what everybody else is doing, which is just so dumb. But that's just how the culture was. Like, that's how these mothers would talk about the other kids. That's what the other kids would talk about. And this is this was actually a moment I really respected Heather because it made me realize, like, how hard it was for her to break that mold of what she had been taught growing up, how she wasn't trying to teach her kids the same stuff she had been taught. Like, she wanted them to have freedom. And given the fact that her daughter is living her best life, not married, not, you know, doing super strict church doctrine, like she's just out there living her life. I really respected Heather for that because that's yeah. such a hard thing to break out of. It'd be one thing if Heather even moved to another city and was raising her kids in a city that was more accepting. She's still in Salt Lake City. I mean, that is really hard to do. Um, so I give Heather a lot of credit for that. And I think Heather's daughter saying, I'm sure Jack's friends are all going on missions and everything. That would 100% make sense to me. I know for me personally, I my parents say this about me all the time. Like I was the odd one of the bunch because when I was in high school, I knew immediately, I knew right away that I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to go into entertainment. I wanted to do all the things. That's just not normal for a high school kid. Most high school kids, most young adults don't know what they want to do in their lifetime, which is like totally understandable. So my, my younger brother was just like that. He had no idea what he wanted to do. He literally just went up to a college because he knew some friends up there. Like he was just go with the flow. He wasn't really like super determined the way I was super determined at that age, which is great. Um, so I kind of feel like it's maybe a similar situation. Like my brother kind of just did what his friends were doing. He just followed them. It could be a similar thing that Jack is doing, or it might not be. But I think once they said that tidbit of information, it really clicked for me. I'm like, that would make sense being in like a small high school with religious people. They all care about what each other is doing. It might've had an influence on his decision. Who knows? I mean, I think that's fair. And Hey, thank you for sharing about your younger brother. Oh, you're good. Yeah. No problem. I know I'm good. You're good. Or I'm good. He's great. Yeah, I mean, my you're good. No, he's great. Like, yeah, it's very funny. Like Jay and I were both gay, but we're very different. Like we're very opposite in a lot of ways. Like, just personality wise and like the way we live life, it's very different, but obviously we have a lot of similarities just given the fact that we were both raised in the same household, but it's funny, like on paper, we might have a lot of similarities, but if you actually get to know us, we're like, honestly, very different. We're very opposite. So it's kind of funny watching these shows and seeing these moms raise their kids and everything. And you see the differences. I'm like, God, it's like so relatable to what I was like growing up to, you know, Jay and I are both gay. Okay. <laughs> Period. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah. So we're going to keep it moving because now we are getting into the poetry. Oh, Heather Gay. Thank you so much for just wearing whatever you're wearing. And Christ is risen. He's risen. Has risen. Okay. Risen so yeah. I really actually thought that technically, like based off of the party and everything, I thought that this was a really good setup. And I thought that Angie killed it. I thought that she was brave to invite everyone. I thought that it was kind of annoying that Mary Cosby gets out of yet another situation, yet another event. But she did. She got out of another event and she's like, my house was flooded a year ago in Vegas. What? <laughs> what are you saying, Mary M. Cosby? We don't even understand shit. Right? No, it, not, again, like how many times are we going to hear her say something and we don't understand? <laughs> God. All it happens all the time. So at this party, you see where Angie is super high focused on sharing her religion with everybody. And she wants to share her ethnicity, her nationality, like just everything. And she wants to invite everybody into her home with the way that her family does it. And we get everybody showing up, including Monica and her mother, who was very clearly hitting on Angie's dad. Linda. <laughs> um, Linda. Just over the part, like... Looking at the party, seeing the party, seeing how the party was ran, one to ten, what are you giving the party? Oof. Oh, Lord. You know what? Okay, well, let me break it down for you. Okay, here we go. So I've talked about this before. I'm obsessed with this woman's house. I love it. It is gorgeous. I love how white it is. I would be nervous getting it dirty, but it's very obvious that obviously she keeps that house very clean and pro proper like at all times of day and night. It is such a gorgeous house. And anytime we have an opportunity for her to host something or for a party to be thrown there, I just love it. Like, look how gorgeous that is. And especially like being in Salt Lake City with the snow and the trees and like everything. It's so beautiful. So aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing, girl, it is a 10 out of 10. Like it is just a great house and a great place to have parties. It's very Grecian too. Like with the way that everything's all white. Yes. I yeah. love it. Like the whole scene, I was just, and especially when, like, I love what she was wearing. I love that a lot of people were wearing white or, like, white accents. You know what I mean? So, with, like, florals blended in. Yeah, like, it was very gorgeous. Um, so, that part of it, no notes. I loved it. Um, but when it comes to, well, and, and also, of course, the culture, like we had talked about at the beginning. I love the culture. I love the aspect. I love when they were throwing the dollar bills and the people were dancing. And I love when they were praying. And, like, I love all of that. Like, showing off the culture, I think, is really important. Um, and it also adds that to that diversity factor that I think reality shows need for representation. So I really love that as well. Uh, but obviously, I'm sure we're about to get into, like, the drama of it all. The chaos um, was riveting television. I will say that the drama was a little hard to watch at times, just given the fact that it was family going against each other toward the end. But overall, the party, I thought, was absolutely great television from beginning to end. Well, and, you know, we had two different dramatic moments. One was with Lisa Barlow and Heather Gay. And I kind of feel like Heather Gay is overstepping because I feel like Lisa Barlow had a very valid argument. Like, one, her son's not, he's already not sharing the fact that he wanted to go on this mission with her. So right. for her, that has to make her feel a certain type of way as a mother, Right. And now she's just trying to encourage him any way possible. Like, whatever you want to do, I am your mom. I will support you through any journey in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's her being a great mother. And Heather's like, do you not understand? This religion is homophobic, transphobic. It is sexist. It stands against everything that we believe in. She's like, I'll show up in a bikini. She didn't say that. But it's like, she's like, no, I would love to go to what ch whatever church you go to. Like, if you know, Jack is going out here and he's trying to recruit people for the church of Vita Tequila and bikinis, then yes, absolutely sign me up. But you know what I mean? It's like, she's saying, I feel like I'm hurt as a friend because you're not discussing this with me. And if I were Lisa Barlow, I would be like, I don't have to. Yeah. This is my son's decision. I'm supporting my son. I Did you talk to me about your daughter going to Santa Barbara and wearing string bikinis? Like, that's your thing. That's okay. That's your daughter. But mm -hmm. I just, I felt I was leaning in favor of Lisa Barlow throughout this argument. 100%. I think Heather's intentions are great. 
you know, I don't think she's doing anything necessarily wrong. I think her delivery is just really wrong. It's coming across as judgmental. It's coming across as projection. And I don't even think that's necessarily what she's trying to do. I think she's just saying, like, listen, like, I've done everything that this kid is about to embark on. And it was not a good experience for me. It's something that I made sure my kids really knew about and they could avoid if they wanted to, because it's not something that I would recommend for anybody. So yeah. coming across as a concerned mother, friend, whatever, that's great. I think it's just the fact that her delivery is just coming across a little judgmental. And I think the fact that we keep seeing her having a lot of side conversations about it, you know, she was talking about it with Whitney. Now she's talking about it with her kids. I think it's just coming across as judgmental. Um, and I don't think that's what Heather's trying to do. I think she's just trying to say, man, I really hope Jack doesn't end up in a tricky situation the same way I did. So I think her delivery is just wrong. And I think this is not anything that they need to keep feuding about. Um, I'm more so interested, has has Lisa explained why Jack didn't tell her about it? Like, do we know why Jack never told Lisa that he was going to go on a mission or that she was the last to know? I think that he just, I mean, no. I think that he was just wanting to, I think that she was pushing the business and school on him so much and that he was just like uncomfortable you know, yeah uncomfortable which is i mean i didn't tell my parents i was moving to la until i rented a u-haul so mm -hmm. yeah like, i didn't tell my parents that i was in a relationship until they saw it on instagram so i mean we all do things we're the shittiest way. human beings ever yeah. <laughs> thank god we're all in this together I will say, though, I know for me personally, I didn't tell my parents about it because I was in a place of uncomfortableness with them. You know what I mean? So I think that stems from all of it. For whatever reason, we feel like we can't talk to them about certain things. Yeah. So we just don't. You know what I mean? So that's nobody's fault. That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And then now I have to get into whose side are you on in this one? Because this one was just an extremely uncomfortable argument. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This was a lot. So... So overall, a really tricky situation. I personally think props to Angie for being a good housewife for starting it up. You know, she went to Monica at her event with the... Okay, there's just so much to dissect here. The, okay, overall, this was a family event. I really don't think it's a good idea to have these types of arguments at a family event. Now, I will say I was scrolling on Twitter right before I hopped on with you, and Monica was tweeting, and she did clarify that any, like, crazy moments that happened or any arguments took place without the kids around. Like she said, the kids were downstairs doing Easter activities and having fun while her and Angie and her mom were having this like big argument upstairs. So I think that's good clarification. Cause I know for me watching, I thought like the kids were like running around. Of course. Cause the editing is going to make it look like that. Exactly. So I literally thought the kids were like nearby as they're like screaming at each other. So obviously that's never a good look. You don't want to like the Teresa there. table flip. Yeah, like you don't want to act up in front of the kids, right? So that's one thing. Um, it's one of those things where I give props to Angie for starting some drama. You know, she's making it interesting. However, like it is her event. So I was kind of surprised that she even would want to bring that energy into her own, her own home. I thought it was kind of funny how Angie started it. It started to get crazy, especially between Monica and her mom. And then they're like, we don't raise our voices in our house. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have started this conversation. Yeah. Um, and also, when you say to her, like, I know things about you, she's like, what, the foreclosure, the affair, the fact that I hooked up with my brother-in-law, the fact that, like, I don't have money, what? And I was like, she no. kind of just listed anything that you could have used against her. Well, not, here's my thing. I actually kind of disagree on that because I think if you are a house, not even a housewife, a reality TV star, if you're going out there and you are putting your, your business out on front street and your hand, it's not, you're not controlling the narrative. These producers are controlling the narrative. You're with a group of people that let's just be honest, are not your friends. They're your co-stars and they're here to create drama. Okay. I think it is most important for a housewife or reality star to put your business out on front street. Cause if you don't, you give these other people ammo to create a narrative, create a storyline, paint you in a bad light, as opposed to you owning it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like Monica owned it. Exactly. So that's what I really loved about this argument with them because Monica was like, I don't know what rumors you're hearing about me because here's X, Y, and Z. This is the reality. Like that's the best way to shut down any type of toxicity or really any kind of argument because it's like, you don't have anything on me. Here's my business. This is, this is the reality. So it's really interesting watching this because I was watching it with my best friend last night and as she was watching this argument going back and forth and then it was one thing just between them obviously her mom coming into it really like lit it up like it really changed things so it was interesting watching it because I know for me personally 
I wouldn't say those things that Monica was saying to her mother. Like that's just not the type of verbiage I would use. But my best friend had a very interesting hot take. She was like, I've been in so many situations where I'm having a conversation with somebody and my mom butts in, puts her opinion in it, shuts me down. And then in the process becomes buddies with these other people that I might not be seeing eye to eye with. Where is your loyalty to me? Why are you even injecting yourself into this conversation? You shouldn't even be involved. So I completely kind of see both sides. I think Monica maybe acted a little too much. I think she was kind of doing the most a little bit. But I can understand her frustration. She's like, I'm like putting, I'm defending myself to this girl who's attacking me at her event. Now you're getting involved. You're spicing it up even more by telling me to calm down and shut up. I'm not even talking to you. So it's a very interesting dynamic, you know, kind of seeing how this played out, you know? I just would never leave my mom and be like, dead ass, you're getting your own. Like that, to me, it was like the ultimate. I feel like you can tell a lot about people with the way that they speak to their parents and the way that they speak to like, if you take them to a restaurant and see how they treat people. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those moments where I was like, and I understand that there's a history there, but even going on your confessional and being like, I wish I had a different mom. I'm like, yeah, she's going to see, like you are going to break this woman's heart. And she's obviously very much, you know, like so still involved with you and your daughters because we see her in a lot of your scenes and we understand that there's a tumultuous relationship. But for you to say that, it's like telling your parents, I hate you. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was little, I, I was super young. I think I was in like third grade. My dad went to go leave and I wanted this. I wanted, I think I wanted like a Pokemon game and he went to exit and I had to close the gate behind him, this like little crappy gate and he wouldn't get the game. So I said, I hate you. And he looked at me and he turned around and he's like, okay, son, well, if I die in a car accident today, just remember that's the last thing that you ever said to me. And it just struck me at such a young age. And I was like, oh my God, no, 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 no. And I went into my room and I was crying and I'm like, no, I don't hate you. But it's like, you know, you just, I think that you have to be, especially like if you lose a parent or something, maybe you understand more, but you never want to look back and be like, this is how I treated my mom. Even though like, we didn't see eye to eye. You can't change the way that your parent treated you, but you can always be in control and not feel guilty about the way that you treat them. Right. And my honest outlook on life is, I think for a lot of people, like they, when they have a problem with their parents, it's a really hard thing to talk about because I think parents are very one way with their thoughts. I think it's very hard for some, I think it's hard for a lot of parents, but I think it's hard Um, for people in general, but especially parents to ever really admit when they did something wrong or they did, you know, I think they have a hard time doing that. I think it's one of those things when you're the child and especially when you're an adult, it's best not to let that get under your skin. It's best to just let, just move forward, even though it is a frustrating thing. Um, I just firmly believe fighting fire with fire, especially when it's a family or your parents, you're just not going to get anywhere. You're never going to move forward if you continue the situation and escalate the situation by arguing more and more and saying really hurtful things like she was saying. Um, I just feel like you don't go anywhere from there. Yeah. Uh, So I'm the type of person where even if I don't see eye to eye with you on something, and if you just refuse to see things from my point of view, if you don't want to apologize for it, if you just whatever, I'm the type of person that's like, well, for me, at least I tried. At least I tried having a conversation. I heard you from your point of view. But if you don't want to hear things from my point of view, if we're just going to continue to disagree, then let's just try and move forward in a peaceful place. Why keep arguing? Why keep adding insult to it? Because that's just going to hurt both of us in the process. Yeah, I agree with that. Did you watch Watch What Happens Live last night? I did. Okay. Monica Garcia. By the way, she looked amazing. Stunning. She's gorgeous. She is. She's gorgeous. gorgeous. Um, The sharing that... And she looks like... She's been housewived. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I think that happens to a lot of these girls when they're on reality TV for a while. They just, you know, they do what they do to make themselves feel good. Yeah. But I feel like for her, when she came out with the Jen Shaw stuff, I was like, you know, this woman is going to get out of prison and be offered to come back on the show and she's coming for you. So you're not playing the long game. You're not playing the end game. You're playing the now game, which is, Great. Listen, and Jen Shaw might not, you know, one, they could change their mind and be like, we don't need Jen Shaw or two. 
Jen Shaw might say, I don't want to go back there. Maybe I want to do like, maybe she'll get offered something else. Who knows? Maybe she won't get offered anything. <laughs> but ballsy. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Listen, 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 listen. We get for this girl, this is her first year, okay? Her first year as a housewife. In my opinion, just giving us the drama, giving us the personal life, she is giving me everything that I need, especially as a newbie. Y'all are forgetting her first confessional ever on the show is explaining how she was involved with Jen Shaw's case and how she contacted the Secret Service. That was her first confessional ever on the show. I don't yeah. know anything more iconic. I mean, seriously, that's your first, that's your introduction quite literally to the audience. And that's how we're getting to know you is by is by your relationship with this woman. That's insane. Um, so I firmly love how honest she is and how she just, you know, tells us, tells it as it is. And she's really not afraid. Because I agree with you, I would be afraid to divulge some of the details that she's divulging about her relationship with Jen, given how crazy Jen is and how she is in prison, literally. Um, but you got to respect her. She's not afraid. I mean, she's not afraid to go against Jen Shaw, which is pretty amazing. And I will say, I still cannot believe what you said about the fact that they might try and bring Jen back later on or they're trying to bring her back later on. I'm so gagged over that. I will say, imagine how good TV that would be if Jen does come back and Monica's still on the show. Monica's going to be on the show. They're casting around her next season. That's right. Yeah, you said that. So, you know, if, if and when, hopefully not, but if and when Jen comes back, it'd be good riveting TV, Monica versus Jen. After all the talk Monica's been doing with Jen away, it could be really good TV. But like I said earlier, I really don't want them to give Jen a platform. She's a criminal. <laughs> like, Leave her alone. Let her rot in prison. And when she comes back, leave her alone. We don't need to give people like that platforms. But That's also... When Jen gets out of prison, too, she's going to be on, I think it's probation or whatever. It's like the same thing with Teresa when Kim D was trying her and she was like, mm, I know. I can't put my hands on you. Oh, it's you know? like Jackie said, are you going to throw something at me? Aren't you on parole? Oh, yeah. Parole. Is that what it is? Yeah, same thing. Oh, okay. um, so yeah. So, anyways, I don't know. Watch what happens live was very, very interesting. Um, and I just really enjoy what Monica's giving. I gotta be honest with you. I really think she's a great housewife. I thought that this was a great episode. You know, like I said, I'm liking Monica, I'm liking Angie K. Okay, we have a show. We have a show. Now I agree. What are you looking forward to most when it comes to the rest of the season? Well, first off. Um, I could be wrong, but I was going to say, I feel like this episode or like this, the fight at the end of the, at the end of the episode with her mom, I don't think any of that was in the trailer, right? I don't think so. No, no. And I think I've said this before, the fact that they keep gagging us every episode with amazing television, with moments we had never seen in the trailers, that's how you know it's a good season. Because when you have all the good moments in the trailer and the rest of the season is fluff, it's a terrible season. Yeah. But when you have a season when the trailer only highlights some of the drama, as a trailer should, that's obviously the point. But we've seen time and time again where the trailer includes all the good stuff. So then when the season actually comes, it's boring. This is not the case this season. That's how you know it's a good season because we are getting tons of great moments. We have not, we haven't been expecting it all. We didn't, we weren't teased with like nothing. And there's still so many jaw dropping moments in the trailer that we're still waiting to see. I can't believe we're already halfway. I mean, this season has really been delivering from start to finish. Start to finish. Ricky, well, if they don't know, you gotta let them know. Hold on, let me bring it up. Oh, I'm gonna let Where them they know. they can find you. <laughs> You can follow me everywhere at Ricky Cornish. And I will say yesterday was a big day for me. I hit 90,000 followers on TikTok, which is pretty exciting. Okay. I know. I'm trying to get to your level, girl. <laughs> I'm not at 90,000. No, I just started my TikTok like not long ago. I'm not on at 90,000. No way. Well, she's at 90,000 now and she's just trying to build up my goal. You know, it's silly because quite frankly, I'm really not an influencer at the end of the day. I just post videos that I get to do for work and I'm very grateful to do so. Um, but for me personally, my goal is to hit 100K by the end of the year. And I think I can hopefully do it. I mean, I have two and a half months. So that's my goal is to hit 100K by the end of the end of the year. So if you like what I have to say about Housewives, follow me on TikTok. Hey, <laughs> And then where else? Everywhere else, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at Ricky Cornish. I'm now posting on YouTube. Thank you so much for tagging me, by the way, in the caption of this video, because I'm now posting YouTube shorts. Um, okay. And you can find me there at Ricky Cornish TV. Um, that's just now starting. I'm kind of new to that, but I'm currently posting some stuff. And I've been posting a lot of BravoCon stuff from last year. So if you're looking for some fun stuff from last year to tie you down into the shenanigans that are coming up in a couple weeks, 
check me out on YouTube shorts at Ricky Cornish TV. Yes, definitely. And also I see my good friend, Emily D Baker is in the room. Hello, Emily. So Ricky, you have not met Emily. Emily is so much fun. Last year we Bravo con together and this year we are going to be collecting all of the content. It's going to be just, I wish I could have just taken everybody through our lens last year. And I know everybody has their own amazing moments, but I know Vegas is going to be just like next level, top notch. It's going to be the most fun. So we can't wait to meet you in two weeks. We're going to have the most fun in Vegas. Emily, I love you. She's always so busy. Um, Emily said, hi, Ricky. Hope to see you at BravoCon. Absolutely. And I literally cannot believe we're two weeks away. You just saying that, I'm like, what? That's literally so wild. Girl, we've been talking about it for months. Like that Two week. weeks and we'll all be in Vegas. Well, remember, we're already in Vegas, but... Ooh, I don't know if I should say... Th- I'm going to say it because it's fine. I remember when Adam and I first started getting to know each other and talking. Adam was like, have you heard like some of the rumblings? I'm like, no, girl, what are the rumblings? And he said, there's a rumor that BravoCon's going to be at Vegas. And I was like, what? Like, you were the first person to tell me that. So now seeing, like, we've gone from that to now, like, I'm literally going to meet you in my city in two weeks, it's, like, crazy. It's going to, again, I can't, it's just, if I, I just hope, like, last year, I always look forward to every year being bigger and better than the last. And last year, we absolutely killed it. We had the most fun. So I'm just, I know, I'm manifesting the shit out of this, that this year is going to be 10 times better and we'll see. Yeah. Two, two weeks away. So does that mean we have one more recap before BravoCon? Yeah, I move on Friday. <laughs> Girl, I cannot with you. <laughs> Let me just walk you through this really quick. This is crazy. Thanks. I leave on Friday and then I get settled into my house next week. And then I fly back down to Florida on the 30th. And I stay here uh, till the 31st. I fly back home on the 31st. And then six o'clock that morning on the 1st, I fly to Vegas to go meet up with everybody. So it's going to be a fun time. Please take a nap when you land, okay? Because BravoCon weekend is going to be insane. So get as much rest before the shenanigans start. You know what I mean? (laughs) Emily said, the way I am speed bleaching my teeth for BravoCon. Listen, Emily, we get it. We're we're all doing the things, right? Speed bleaching. (laughs) It's like the... The Botox, I asked, I said to Jason, I said, should I get Botox? He's like, no. no. And I said, okay, no Botox. You don't and then need I was like, Botox, girl. I was like, then I'm going to go get my eyebrows done. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so that's like well, you're Botox. one of many who are going to be doing that before BravoCon. So. Yeah. So eyebrows done, you know, just like clean up the, the nose and the face a little bit. And then just like maybe, oh shit, these two. Like oh, there's, there's some nails. things to be done. Uh, yeah, come to my house. I'll do I'll do my little tweezing for you. <laughs> no, thank I'll do you. And they'll be like, here you go. <laughs> I'd rather just get a nice wax, but uh, thank you. No, I know, Emily. I asked my dentist. My dentist does Botox. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm getting off of here. Yeah, All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for being in the live chat. Emily, we love you. I will shoot you a message here um, in a little bit. And to everybody uh, who joined us, all of the mods, you're incredible. Thank you, TT Doll, for the super chats. We appreciate you. Ricky, as always, thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. And of course, the week after, we'll, we'll all be at BravoCon, so we're not going to have time for the live recaps. But I will be doing pre-records from the hotel, you guys. So not only will we have pre-records, but for all of our members only, we will have behind-the-scenes vlogs. And if you didn't catch my behind-the-scenes vlog from my... Um, trip to LA for the House of Villains premiere. Well, you can go check that out as well. It's in there. I love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.